Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Daily Walk Heavenwards podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw and I'm, I feel so privileged that I can share God's word with you. This is a very challenging week because the gospel, the whole liturgy of the word, invites us to take a very serious look at the way we think about things, about God and about each other. We certainly must learn how not to be an obstacle for Jesus. And the gospel of today teaches us just how to do that. So why don't we open our hearts and minds to welcome the word of God and we bow our heads and pray. Let us pray. God of minds, giver of every good gift, put into our hearts the love of your name, so that by deepening our sense of reverence, you may nurture in us what is good, and by your watchful care, keep safe what you have nurtured. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid, Lord. No such thing shall ever happen to you. He turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. What profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Or what can one give in exchange for his life? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. The Gospel of the Lord. As disciples of Jesus, we are taking another step. And we are following Jesus, and we are dealing with very difficult, I have to admit it, very difficult and challenging pages of the gospel. But they are at the center, and they, in a way, make it, it's a turning point in the whole plot. So the page that we heard last Sunday and this one are connected. It's the same episode, okay? But they are so big, they are so important that the church separated and gave it to us at two different weeks. 
But only very few minutes have passed from what happened last um, Sunday and this episode, this episode, this passage. Okay. So, what, what happened? You remember last Sunday we heard Jesus asking the disciples, who do people say that I am? And they gave some answers, some were a little bit odd. Others, then he said, but who do you say that I am? And that's where things became interesting because every single year we hear this question and we have to answer. Peter, inspired by the Holy Spirit, by, and because of the revelation of God the Father, got it correctly. Good for Peter. He said, you are the Messiah, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Fantastic. Jesus said, you got it because the Father told you about it. So, and we learned that in the way we answer to this question, is not just what we learn, but we have to rely also on what God is revealing, how God is revealing himself to us, so that the question, that the answer must always be um, based on what we are living this time of our life. And then, of course, we heard that beautiful play, and I spent some time telling you that in the Greek, where the, these documents, this gospel, where uh, it's the language that they use to write the gospel, there is a word uh, that repeats itself. It says, you are Petros, you are Peter, and on this Petra, on this rock, I will build my church. It's the same word, it just changed the ending. Jesus was saying, you are a bold, you are thick, you know, even though you are hard sometimes, it is exactly on this that I will build, that create the foundation upon which I can create this new way of living life, this new kind of people that are gathered, the church, at Ecclesia, that will follow me. And then he gave the power of the key. You remember whatever you open, it will be open. Now, Jesus, however, you remember last Sunday we heard that the passage ended by saying that Jesus told the disciples, do not let anybody know that he was the Christ. Why? Because the word could have been misunderstood. And in fact, we see that it was. Jesus now continues and he tells Peter and the other disciples what kind of Messiah he was supposed to be. You see, they all had expectations of who the Messiah was supposed to be. Come on, they're going to Jerusalem and he says, this is it. We're going to go there. We're going to kick the Romans out. We're going to take over and bam, this is how the kingdom of God is going to start. And Jesus goes, eh, no. We are going to Jerusalem, but guess what? The leaders, the religious leaders will take me and they will torture me. I'll die and then I'll rise again. That was not really what was on the brochure. You know, they were not expecting this turn of events. This is not the kind of Messiah they were expecting. So what does Peter do? Remember, just a few minutes prior, Jesus said, God revealed to you who I am. So, whoa, good for Peter, right? And now he gets called, not Peter, but Satan. You know, every time I read this passage, my antenna go up because I don't want Jesus to call me Satan. I take any other name but that. 
So what happened? Well, Jesus gets incredibly upset and he uses very harsh words because of what Peter does. First of all, Peter takes Jesus aside. Okay, so now it's Peter leading Jesus. So we need to talk. And in the English version, it says, God forbids, Lord. But in reality, the language spoken in the Greek is the rebuke when somebody is correcting a heretic. So this is not gonna, it's not gonna happen. This is not the kind of Messiah that you're going to be. And I'm gonna tell you what kind of Messiah you're going to be. Don't tell anyone, but much to my chagrin, I've been in that position many times, telling Jesus how to be a better Messiah. <laughs> Says, I know thy will be done, but let's be clear here. I know you haven't asked, but I'm generous enough. I let you know what my will is. Let's try to find a compromise. I've done exactly what Peter did. I took the lead. I'm no longer a disciple following the master, but now I'm telling him, I want you to be the kind of God I think you should be. How do you think this is going to end? Well, we read the book, right? We know that this is not going to end. Jesus listens. He doesn't argue, but reestablishes the right position. He's not going to go, well, okay, I understand. Let's form a committee of studies. Maybe we need to... No. He just looks at Peter and he says, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because Peter needs to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, not the leader. Okay? So get, you remember, Peter was in front because he led Jesus aside to talk. And now Jesus is saying, behind me, dude. That's where the disciples are. I am doing the leading, and you're not going to tell me what kind of God, what kind of Messiah I'm going to be. And he calls him Satan. Remember that throughout scriptures, throughout, especially the New Testament, what we can recognize the work of Satan by two things. Satan is recognizable because it, create, it does always the same thing. He accuses people and divides, separates people. The ministry of Jesus is very easy to recognize because to the very end, you remember when Jesus was on the cross with the two thieves? What does he do? To the very end, he reconciles and brings people together. Sinners, saints, righteous, self-righteous, they're all brought together. Okay? So now what does Jesus say? You are an obstacle to me. Oof, that's another big word that I don't want to hear Jesus saying to me. You're an obstacle to me. God has a plan and you're getting in the way. First of all, what is an obstacle? You see, in Greek, you remember the Gospels were written in Greek. The word for obstacle is scandalon. The word, the Greek word scandalon comes into English as scandal. What is a scandalon? A scandalon was a something that you would find on the path that you didn't see and you trip over and fall. 
there are uh, references in ancient literature that children used to throw a scandal, a, a, a rock, you know, on the street as people were walking to make them fall. They didn't have TV, I guess they did have to, I don't know. But it, I'm sure it was very entertaining to watch, but it was not very good to experience that. But that is the scandal. Now, look at this. One of the, it could have been anything. It could have been a stone. It could have been a piece of wood. It could have been a hole. In, in modern times, I find a lot of scandal on, especially when you go to a medical doctor office or uh, the bank. You know, they have those transparent glass doors. And sometimes only one is open. You, you just bang into it like, what happened? And you try to be cool. Like, I'm good. Uh, you know, your glass stuff. Those are, whatever impedes you to walk was considered, was called scandalon. So now let's rephrase this. And Jesus is saying to Peter, you are scandalizing me. Yes, we can scandalize Jesus apparently. We always think that scandals are what people do to us, right? Or the leaders of the church. But we can all scandalize each other. And we can certainly all scandalize Jesus. Now, let's put all these two episodes together. If we follow the narrative that we see in these stories, in this episode, the beginning, the setting up of that which is called the church, but we have to wait until Pentecost, until this church is charged with the Holy Spirit and sent out. We see in this story the beginning of this. What Peter is doing is really the first scandal of the church. And it's first not only because it happened exactly a few minutes after Jesus started this thing about the church, but also because it's the primordial way in which we scandalize each other and the world. Jesus tells us what is going on. He says, you are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. And this is what scandalizes Jesus. When we claim to be Christians, but we think and behave as the world does. And we think that this is what Christianity is. But we have been learning that nothing can compare to Christianity. That what God is offering us to us in Christ is unique. But we don't like it and we want to tell God how to be a better God. We want to tell Christ how to be a better Messiah by adding on the things that we think should be there. This is the original scandal. When we raise our opinions so high that we place it above the Word of God and above the teaching of the church, and we pretend to be better Christians than everybody else. And Jesus says, Dude, no, you get behind me and you do what I say. It, it's not a matter of struggling with the issue that Christianity begins with Mary receiving the visit of the angel, right? What does she say? Does she say, oh, okay, sure. No, she says, how can this be? Let, I mean, let's talk about this. If this does, I do not understand it. But then at the end she says, let it be done to me according to your word. Okay? There is this participation and active union, welcoming of the will of God. What happens today, even in the church, in the world, 
I don't care what the catechism says. If I think it's wrong, it's wrong. I don't like it becomes it's wrong. And therefore, even though we have 2,000 years of you know, teaching of the church, well, we agree to disagree. And Jesus is telling us, no, we need to talk about this. There is only one way of doing this, and it is you following me, not the other way around. When we think like humans, and we take that philosophy, whatever they might come from, and we bring into Christianity, we create a scandal. We think that the attacks to the church, against the church, happens by, you know, all these things coming from outside, people making fun of us, the abuse scandals. Those are all terrifying and terrible. But Jesus said nothing will shake this building. They can take our buildings, they can turn into mosques, whatever it is, but the church will never be touched because we are it, because Christ is in our midst. But when these things happen from within, yikes, apparently Jesus said that's how Satan works. When we raise my opinions is more important than what the gospel says, my opinion is more important than what the, the, the church says, my opinion is more important than your opinion, and therefore we have to fight, you know, where we're building up? That's what hell is all about. Individuals that only think about themselves and are no longer able to share love. And they are no longer able to receive love. It's an individual that is locked himself and is imploding. You see how important this page of the gospel is? Because now we not only have to answer the right in the right way, but we have now to decide are we continue to follow Jesus on this path where he does the leading and we pick up the cross. Jesus says, whomever wants to follow me, Christianity is an invitation. But if you want to follow, you have to deny yourself, pick up the cross, meaning you now pick up the values of God, which are incompatible with the values of the world, and you follow. Because only he, with these conditions, can lead us to union with God the Father. Oof, tough, huh? But the challenge is right here. And even though these are difficult pages and we have to face them and we can do it, we want to today renew our commitment so that we, to, as we follow Christ, we want to say only He can lead us to a place of peace. Only He can lead us to a place where our relationships now to be fruitful and only he can allow us to thrive so that our lives can become a blessing to all people as well what a big challenge we have in front of us but what a great promise is contained in these pages as well we want to renew our mind as saint paul tells us in the second reading so that we can discover how we can find god and in every single moment make the beautiful choice that Mary did. Let it be done to me according to your word. And only in this way, Christ will be born and reborn in all of us. And we will be able, by the way we love each other, by the way we love all people out there, be able to say, yes, following Christ really makes us life 
fulfilled and brings meaning to our everyday activities. And this will indeed reflect on how beautiful the glory of God is for all people. And I hope you felt inspired to welcome the word and responded with a big yes, making sure that we do whatever it takes to continue to think as God does, not as human beings do. I wish you well, and I ask you to continue to keep all of us in prayer, as be assured we do the same for you. I'll talk to you soon, and God bless. Bye-bye.